Welcome everyone to co-following the Phoenix, Arizona metro area's leading podcast on film criticism and or film shit talking. We are here every week to bring you our thoughts on movies and why we think they might be good or are usually terrible more often than that. We are explorers in the deepest reaches of cinematic exploration. Angels to some, demons to others. Join us every week here on Cult Following. If you like what we're dishing, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review. We thrive on your criticism and or praise. And if you like what we're talking about, we invite you to check out our website at cultfollowing.ca where you'll find many more reviews from the Cult Following crew, which consists this week of Ensign Jasperino. My heart burns there too. Chief Medical Officer Kirby. We all float down here. And first mate, Joshua <laughs> T. Ruth. They're all gonna laugh at you. <laughs> As you can tell, everyone's in a very Stephen King kind of mood. <laughs> because we're taping this episode on the seventieth anniversary of the birth of the face of true horror, Stephen King, who's having what we would call a pretty dope year. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's the technical Steve. term. Happy birthday. This Steve. is the year of the king. And uh, in the wake of the staggering, colossal box office success of Stephen King's It, we're going to have a Stephen King retrospective episode here. Ish. I heard that movie made more money in its opening weekend than Wonder Woman. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. What was it, 117, I think? I think it was ended at 123. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Yeah, and it just barely, uh, I think Deadpool was 135 mm-hmm. for highest R-rated. Yeah. I just yeah. remember thinking we missed that because I remember we talked about it here. I think the highest oh. number we had was like 80. Oh, no, I, I was there. I was there. Not as good. I mean, I didn't have it perfectly either, but I, I really, I think they projected it was cost thirty five million to make, and I think they were saying we could do it for four. We we were hoping for forty five to sixty five, right? And then as I think it was Thursday night, then they were like, ah, it's something like sixty five to eighty five, yeah. And by Saturday night, I think they were already over a hundred million. So there was an extra factor. I don't think that they uh, they were taking into account, which is that the movie's really fucking good. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. I think they were kind of thinking, well, these are the numbers we're going to get just because it, it has buzz. But they weren't counting on that buzz of people saying, yo, 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 this movie's good. And people like me seeing it, like, again. You well, know? that, and it really didn't open against anything. True. Well, and it also And I think a, even if it had, it wouldn't matter. Or Reese Witherspoon begs to differ. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, as, uh, and then this week, a mother with its illustrious score. Which I, I do, which I, I do, I do laugh though. It's F. very funny now that they have the cinema score was an F, but they're um, using the certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes because it is. It's but a, um, an I F. just, I just found that super just funny. Just trying to prove something when you give a movie that is, regardless of what you believe, you're giving, you're just trying to say, oh, I'm cool for giving it an F. That's just dumb. I will say this movie does sound very overblown and overdramatic, but then on that same token, I don't see why a ghost story or American Honey didn't get Fs. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, you're going to talk about movies that are like overblown and artsy. It's definitely not as, I mean, I yeah, Did we'll, you we'll see talk it? about. It. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Is I there? I mean, it. okay, so 
We actually had, my wife and I actually had a long conversation about this movie, about when we were going to see it. Yeah. Whether we were going to see it at the actual theater, wait for the dollar theater, or wait for the Blu-ray release. If I can so, make a suggestion, I mean, if you actually genuinely have interest in watching this film, uh, if you're like an Aronofsky fan, uh-huh. um, see it in the theater in the, the week that you'll be able to before it's yeah. gone. Um, right. Because the sound design in this film is stunning. It's nice. some of the best sound design I've ever heard in my life. The, what he does with surround sound uh-huh. theater like that. is incredible like just to throw you off kilter he'll have the person go out one side and then the sound will be on the other side you know that. and like sometimes footsteps will be circling you uh-huh. um and there's zero music in the entire film not one bit of music wow and for somebody who's so well known for having a clint mansell score that's like synonymous hmm. with uh darren aronofsky like it's the the sound is used to such an effective degree um, that, yeah, you, you have to watch this now, film in the theater. You know, I'm actually more interested from your two-minute synopsis of that than any of the previews mm-hmm. have made me interested. Yeah. Well, it's so, interesting. So now the marketing for this movie was absolutely terrible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know how you would market. But what this movie actually is, I have no idea how you'd market this movie. Well, that's, I mean, that's the problem, too. It's like, it does seem very art house. Why would you open a movie Correct. you can't talk about on 2000 plus correct it should not have had a wide opening ever if this movie would have opened real small camel view that you know things like that art house theaters and then it could have gotten a buzz of wow this thing is something to behold you know because that's the way black swan opened and black swan had festival buzz but it still opened small yes i remember i saw black swan at the camel view and like you know, I got there and the last screening had ended and they just added another one because there's so many people waiting. Wow. Yeah. That's how you build something, not like... And I really like James Jean's artwork, but I swear that poster is fucking awful. Well, I, I love the poster, especially no, having seen it. as an um, artsy thing, but I'm right. just saying that's not going to sell anybody. But, it's not going to get anybody in well, the you know this. Well, uh, you know what this reminds me of is it comes at night. You know, um, but it gets way, 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 way worse than that because it comes at night. It's still at least like a creepy movie. This movie is not at all what it sells itself to be. And um, and you, you, the issue with opening wide like this and have J-Law in the main role is that what it does is it brings in the normies in a way that this movie is not designed yeah, for normies. Geez. Like, it's just not. Um, and so... Um, yeah, like, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, have a discussion about this film. I mean, it's, it's a, I will say this, you know, for people that have not watched it, um, just know that it is the most confrontational film that he's done since Requiem for a Dream. Um, when you go into this film, you're going to see some shit that you're not going to be able to get out of your head and it's, and you're going to feel icky, icky, icky afterwards. I am really interested in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want to say. Five minutes ago, I had no, I was on the (laughs) fence whether I even wanted to see it. As a quick side note, though. So, because I definitely want to see it here and I want to have more of a discussion. But I did find this absolutely fascinating that the cinema score thing has been going since 1980, or since 79, but since 1986, they started storing data. And it's interesting how many movies have gotten an F. Right. is only 19, and almost all of them are from 2000 and up. Uh-huh. So right. just a quick list. Alone in the Dark, oh, The Box, Bug, Darkness, The Devil Inside, Disaster Movie, Dr. T and the Woman, Eye of the Beholder, Fear.com, oh, I, Victor's favorite, I Know Who Killed Me, <laughs> In the Cut, Killing Them Softly, Lost Souls, Lucky Numbers, Silent House, Solaris, The Wicker Stop Man, it. that would be the Nicolas Killing Cage remake. Solaris or Into 
And, uh, and even the box. I mean, I can understand it, but bees. come on, an F. And come on. And then Wolf Creek to round it out. Right. And what? so they said, yeah, disproportionately all horror films. Right. But then they also said, you know, that this year between Split, Get Out, and It, it's been a very, you know, it's like horror has had a real yeah. upswing. Yeah, with yeah. I think the only movie on that list that I would disagree with that I've seen is Wolf Creek. I, actually I love Wolf Creek. I enjoyed that movie. There's a few on there I actually do like. Yeah. I like Bug. I like a few films. It's just, And again, the Nicolas Cage uh, Wicker Man is just entertaining. That it is. Yeah. It's it's worth the buy just for the last five to ten minutes yeah. of the movie. Anyway, Mother, it's just for the craft alone, like the cinema craft. It just doesn't deserve an F. It's just wow. like an idiotic, and it just it, that just infuriates me. It's like people say this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. No, it's not. You either that or you just don't watch movies enough because there's some really bad movies out there. Speaking know? of, when I went to see it, I got the uh, I got the preview for Disaster Artist. Oh, that was which good, is the movie about it? the making of the room, and it's actually interested me in it. I kind of want to no, see it. No, it. it looks like Ed the Wood. guy playing Tommy Wiseau is perfect. With James Franco. He's perfect. Is yeah. that James Franco? Yes. I didn't even recognize uh, yes. him. Are you serious? Yes. I did not even realize <laughs> well, that was are, James Franco. They are so equally funny. squinty. So yeah. That no, he's perfect as him. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, yeah, I can't wait to see that movie. Have you seen the preview? Oh God, yes! It Where looks, he goes, it looks great. We don't need to see your ass because I did my ass in the scene, and it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, he's great. like, you know, you don't need to roll, you know, ride around on the ground, you know, with the dress after you've been shot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you think you could do that before you shoot yourself in the head? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I think good. it's gonna be good. Yeah, for sure. But uh, moving on. Yeah. Stephen so, King and stuff. Stephen King. Can I can I do one thing before we do? I'm not to waste our time. No, I've been up? dying to do this for episodes and episodes. Is, are we going to get the naked time finally? No, no, no. no okay. you, I hope not. <laughs> Josh, I got to know what is in your thermos. Oh my God! Pure, okay, let me, pure let, Everclear, buddy. All right. So <laughs> for those of you, for those of you that can't see because you're listening, which is everybody, uh, every episode Josh brings a thermos with him. Yeah. And it's been killing me for probably months now. It's uh, it's uh, it's Dino DNA. Um, nice. It's uh, no, it's just water, man. Just Mother water. Nature has a way. Yeah, it's the, my thermos. By the way, is a Zojirushi. That's uh, look it up, Zojirushi. Mm. Uh, they're the best thermoses ever, and they uh, we're not sponsored by them. I wish you could get them at Zia Records, though. Mm-hmm. They're sponsored by. Them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like a crazy thermos. That if I put ice in there and I don't do anything, I leave it in a hot car, the ice will still be there three days later. Wow. Yeah, it's like an insane thing that I still have. I, I haven't filled this up in three days and I've still got ice cold water. But in how do it know? Uh, you know, <laughs> Japanese I, I'm magic. tempted, like when it gets, well, it doesn't really get cold in Arizona, mm-hmm. but when it drops another 15 degrees and we call it winter, I'm going to show up with a thermos, but I think I'm going to have clam chowder in it. Consume it during the podcast. Yeah. But it's crazy because it creates a complete vacuum seal. It's part of the reason it keeps it so cold. So you can't like put fruit juice in there or it will literally explode. I have it, thermoses, you know? but they're all in lunch boxes and they have comic books. Uh, me too. Those are the best kind of things. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that yeah, out. It's cool, it's man. Yeah, back to my head. Pure Everclear. Word. Victor and I uh, were at uh, Monster Palooza, the son of Monster Palooza this weekend. We did see many an it lunch box. Speaking oh, of our yeah. current uh, I job, we? I did. I okay. bet you saw many. Well, Victor, an Victor it really only saw the other side of the booth for most of yeah. the weekend. I was uh, more uh, 
in it, the the explorer in the further regions of experience or the depths of Burbank. <laughs> but, depths uh, of Burbank. That's, yes, that's the name of my new yeah. psychological thriller movie. Right. Hey, um, it, it could be, man. There's there's some people there. Yeah, you really gotta wonder. It's like every con I go to, I'm like playing next week of Fantastic Fest. Probably somewhere. Somewhere, uh, but I did. Sorry, I saw numerous good ones. documentary. Title. Now, were they like, yeah, well, totally. Were were they? Uh, speaking of documentaries, watch American Vandal. Um, but uh, so, did they? Were they? Were like, okay, these 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 Stephen King's it yeah. lunchboxes. They they weren't like tin lunchboxes, right? No, no, no. no. They're like the plastic. Some were like you know because obviously it's what they could make. Probably. Yeah, exactly. So some of it was like modern, and a few had like a retro graphic and stuff. It okay. was. We were interested in how much its stuff would be there and right. it was actually surprising that it wasn't like as crazy as expected yeah but there was a lot a lot sometimes of you can jump the gun on that stuff like uh a couple of years ago i had a genius idea when avengers age of ultron came out it came out like four days before we did a show i think it was uh i think it was mad monster uh-huh. a couple of years ago and it was day. It came out like four days before Mad Monster, so I got this last minute idea because I went and saw it on opening night, and I bootlegged a bunch of those Tony Stark shirts that had Bruce Lee mixing like a DJ right. on them. Right. So I'm like, oh, dude, those are going to be huge. Everybody's going to love. So I I bootlegged that and I printed a bunch of them right like the night before the show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, these are going to sell like crazy because everybody's gone and seen Age of Ultron. Uh-huh. They're going to be big. They're going to be huge. Um, I took. I did not sell one single shirt. Nobody got it because nobody had gone and seen Avengers yet. Right. So then yeah. they sat there, and then I had a box room, and I gave them away to a bunch of people. And two weeks later, I see the story that the guy that did the shirt is making a million bucks because everybody wants it. Yeah, I'm like, of God, yeah, he's, damn he's, it, he's the timing, man. Um, uh, Co following podcast does not condone bootlegging of copyrighted material. Correct. Correct. Clearly. And brought to you by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Indeed. NCO Records. NCO Records. <laughs> well, well, what a pairing. Right? We should probably get on to uh, King. King things. Um, oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I was, I was uh, you know, I, I don't know how we could dive into this. I was thinking um, something, you know, I, I was actually just thinking about my first uh, exposure to, like, like, my first, like, every time I actually owned a Stephen King book. Okay? And it was the first time I ever read a Stephen King yes. book. Yes. Um, and it was, I, I don't know what age I may have been. I mean, you know, I was a child definitely, but do you remember the Stephen King book club? Yes, I, I do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I, they had commercials for it. They had commercials. And so they, they, you know, the Stephen King book club, what they would do is they'd, you know, basically it's a it book It started of the with the stand. That was the first book you got. Well, here's the thing about the Stephen King book club. It started with whatever was the new Stephen King uh-huh. book. And so this, the stand complete and uncut, specifically, it was one of them. Um, but when I got onto it, it was uh, Four Past Midnight. Nice. Um, so that was that was the book. But uh, they also gave you this little keychain. Do you remember the keychain? No. Yeah. I so it's like, and uh, you know, if you order now, you get this free gift. And it was uh, this, like this dangly skeleton keychain, which oh. I still have, which is like one of the few things that That's I still awesome. have from like my childhood. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a book of the month club. Basically, you'd get your first book for like ten bucks, and then every month after that, they'd send you a book. And so that's how I got most of my Stephen King books. But wow. my my very first one ever was uh, Four Past Midnight, and um, I was thinking about like the first Stephen King story I ever read was The Langoliers. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. 
and that's kind of what got me into Stephen King. And then after that, you know, huh. I got them every single month. And they did a uh, they did a, a TV miniseries on that one with uh, Balky Bar talking. Yeah, uh, Bronson <laughs> killed it. Yes, the, uh, the CGI, uh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's gotta legend, remember though, it was the early but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> but I the tension in that one is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, the story I always remember for Four Past Midnight is the Sun Dog. Oh dude, I, I love find that, that one, one so much. So unnerving. No, every time um, I look at a Polaroid camera, yeah, I think exactly. about the Sun Dog. It's a great, great yeah, yeah. story. Um, I I really loved all of his anthologies. And what was your first one? My first, um, you know, it's interesting, actually, my mother read Stephen King books. Um, I actually, my folks always ask how the hell I end up spending, like, uh, probably about $50,000 on horror-related, uh, not whores, horror-related <laughs> items well, and memorabilia, too. but it made some horse. It's kind um, of a crossover. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, some of them were nightmares, and definitely from the depths <laughs> of Burbank. So, um, but no, there was... Um, you know, a lot of it was at the time. I mean, you know, you're talking the age still where people, I mean, it was a huge deal to get the hardcover first, and mm-hmm. then you'd have to wait a year. Yeah. So a lot of the times, like it, my mother would sometimes buy the hardback. I mean, this is like the mid '80s. I mean, it's thirty, 20, yeah, 30, thirty bucks. bucks. Like, we were not rich. We weren't poor, but I mean, it wasn't something she always spent money on. Um. So a lot of times we look for them secondhand. My mother was the queen of garage sales. And that's where we got a lot of the books. So it's weird. I cannot distinctly remember. I can only remember the first one I bought, which was Carrie, uh-huh. which uh-huh. I did buy in paperback. That's appropriate. And I did buy Carrie, yes. And I, even though my father, um, who was worked in pharmaceuticals and at the time was selling largely to OBGYNs, and we were very um, aware of, like, uh, female anatomy and sexuality because we had all these books and stuff yeah. and like you know yeah this is going to start sounding like a Wes Anderson movie <laughs> but um yeah with Some all the uh, vaginal models now. and yeah. stuff but um no it was I had no concept of the plug it up little kid yeah. Kirby surrounded by vaginal <laughs> models yeah it was incredible great, it was like the back of in utero um but anyways um we literally like um but i didn't understand the, the concept of plug it up i remember being one of the first things was because i'm sitting here going plug what up like uh, right, yeah. but one of the other things too was um honestly i think it was one of the first non-linear books i ever read yeah that it had all the um newspaper clippings and like journal kind of entries and that was such a different experience for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I always remember, like, I read different seasons because I wanted to read The Body. Yeah. Because I was so into Stand By Me at the time. Um, but the other one that I really remember, too, I, I really do want to say it was It because it was the miniseries. The miniseries terrified me so much that I couldn't stand to watch it. And then I read it, and the book was so much scarier. Uh-huh. than anything that oh, God, i i, I literally had to throw the book down a few times like and i was very into like the dark side of things but like i don't visually it was too much for me but if i read it but then what would of course come across in my mind um and then you know a lot of the ones so we're talking like 19 um you know maybe 90 up until 96 i just remember reading pretty much every book absolutely i remember my mother having a lot of like the ones like misery that mm-hmm. cover just terrified me 
Um, that was the other I thing know, I with the, just the shadow. shadow. I remember as a kid seeing that, you know, yeah. and there was uh, there was like the little description on it, but you know, I don't remember what it was, but it was like Annie Wilkes is a nurse. She's you know like X amount of pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, and her favorite tools are an axe and a syringe, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is horrifying. But a lot of them, like I said, I just didn't. Um, I based them on the covers. It was like how I got into um like hip-hop and how i got into like especially into metal and like hardcore was i looked at album covers yeah and I was like that's the way i looked at stephen king books i was just so blown away by a lot of the art um <laughs> you know they were just it really got to me um but a lot of me yeah, were the ones i read so it was like a solid period i you know can't say i have you know it's, it's kind of like they're kind of coalesced together those memories because it definitely was the summer of uh, or fall of 90 into the summer of 91, I probably read six or seven books. And I remember really, um, you know, it being like a, probably a literary transformative experience because I don't think up until that point, the closest thing I read to like heavier books besides like young adult and stuff was I was reading my brother's like secondhand like um, D&D, like Dragonlance sure, and stuff like man. that. Sure. I was reading those kind of books, Forgotten Realms and stuff. Um and you know those that was it was like but yeah i liked fantasy books a lot i like medieval sword and sorcery a lot of that stuff and still do i never found a really good fit with science fiction and then it was like horror was where i was meant to be in yeah. every sense of the word and i that's why i kept coming back to and when i got back in the genre it was funny a lot of the stuff that i caught up on was stephen king mm-hmm. what about you jeff Mine I remember perfectly was Night Shift. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. Yeah, which we'll, cover both collections. The, well, the, the whole reason I bought yeah. it was God's it had hand. my hand with yeah. the eyeballs on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I remember reading it and because I was probably eleven or twelve, I remember reading it and thinking several times, I shouldn't be reading this. Like, <laughs> I'm way too young to right? be reading this. Yes, it was kind of like when I. Uh, on South Park, when they went and saw Passion of the Christ, and they were like, "We shouldn't be watching this, dude." Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was, but um, I remember because uh, I grew up in a you know predominantly uh, poor neighborhood. My parents, uh, when they had to go to the doctor, they went to the county hospital, and I got drugged along with them. It was summer vacation. Uh huh. Yeah, you and me. And, I hate yeah, you. especially and, uh, dude, like as a. Like, back when we were kids, I mean, you're a little older than me, but back yeah. when we were kids, the county hospital was the worst. Yeah, and it's an all-day thing. It's an all-day thing, because you got to wait all day to see the doctor, yeah. and then don't let him give you a prescription, because yeah. you're screwed. So, I started buying, that's kind of how I started reading. I started right. taking books with me, because if you took a toy or a comic book, you were going to run out of a comic book, and mm-hmm. toys were going to get boring, but if you took a book, you could keep reading it all Absolutely. day long. So I started getting books at like thrift stores and stuff, um, and I remember I saw the Stephen King one with, and I knew it was horror, and I grabbed it because I was like, oh man, that's really cool looking, you right? Know? And I remember the story with the the because the astronaut guy with the came oh, back sure. with the, yeah. and then uh, you know he, he dipped his hands in the gas and then burned his hands yeah. off, and then he you think oh yeah he he got yeah. out and they're like oh he's got the hooks and he's like I finally got these hooks working good. And, I hope I can fire this shotgun with it because I woke up this morning and I had a huge eye in the middle of my chest with a circle of eyes around it. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, yeah. Even now, like, yeah. I'm itchy. You know yeah. what I mean? No, and, uh, it's got like, that. It's definitely got that. Like, he just is really good at sometimes getting down to what is that like basic 
ick feeling. Yeah. Well, and it's got the night shift short story in it that they made the horrible movie of. Uh-huh. With the giant rat thing. In the oh, graveyard yeah, ship. Graveyard, oh, graveyard Ship. Graveyard uh, Ship, yeah. yeah. Well, that book, that story was in that book. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing, being all excited because I read the short story and then seeing the movie, wow, this kind of sucked. Yeah. You know, I think that was really my first exposure to the movie's never going to be as good as what you read. Yes. Because it's never going to match your imagination, but... Yeah. But damn, Brad Dourif is the exterminator. Right. Oh, he yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. He's chewing up that scenery oh, yeah. like the rats chewing up everything. But uh, yeah, that was there, I remember. There was the, there was the uh, <laughs> cover of the review right there. Right. <laughs> I remember it was cool because uh, I was young enough. Because up until that point, like I was reading Where the Red Fern Grows. Mm-hmm. I was another and, one. I was going to uh, say the Wilson Rawls book, yeah. Summer of the Monkeys. I love. And then like oh um. You were talking about science fiction, Alan Dean Foster. Yeah. Uh, with friends like these, and then Who Needs Enemies, both of those books. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you know. William Sleater was my sci fi one. Nice. And I am still waiting, especially in the, the wake of Jumanji, not to sidetrack too much, but it's something, if you've never read a book, his, one of his most famous books is called Interstellar Pig. And it's about nice. like a board game also that comes to life, but it is unbelievably good like he both of his books he also made another one scroll known called singularity those are amazing sci-fi books for like young adults but i mean even no matter what your age they're incredible so check those out i was also really into harry harrison Uh, yeah stainless steel rat and uh oh build a galactic hero is bomb ass i i still make references to that book and nobody knows i'm talking about especially when i talk about politics because the you know the lizards were like seven inches tall, mm-hmm. but on the posters they were like seven feet tall. <laughs> and it was like, would you want one to marry your sister? And he's like, I could never understand why anybody would want a seven foot tall lizard to marry their sister. <laughs> that's sidetracked, you know. But that's the stuff I was reading, and then I picked up Stephen King. Right. You know. So yeah. then it was like, holy crap! And I remember being young enough, kind of like Kirby, that I didn't understand everything I was reading. Like there was one I'm trying to remember. There was a story of these surfer kids living on a beach, and he was talking about sleeping next to his girlfriend and she was sweating like a pig and then he couldn't he couldn't even remember why he even liked having sex with her and i was uh-huh. like oh i'm not you know i was still young enough that i wasn't yeah. i totally... think that's the one that's like um that the one that's like a, an offshoot of the stand or it was actually like yeah the it was stand, like a very uh, the world of the stand type of, yeah. before that he actually came exactly. out of the stand yeah so yeah it, there were some things I remember it being so advanced that I I didn't understand every story I read. Yeah. I got the gist of it, but I was like, eh, you know, I I and I've gone back and and I want to go back and read it again because I really haven't read it in a long, long time. But right. I, it's funny too. I remember Skeleton Crew, the monkey, oh, just yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. talking oh, yeah. about iconic covers. But it's interesting to me that um the uh that you know it's interesting the anthology way of things because a lot of the anthology stories he he experimented a oh, lot yeah. Oh, like yeah. especially since a lot more when he was still oh, writing for like playboy man. and penthouse oh. and well and it's really funny you mentioned skeleton crew a lot yeah. of, you'd be amazed at the amount of people that think that's the novelization of monkey shines oh, oh yeah 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 because yeah. they get yeah. the monkey confused yeah because the poster for the movie and, it, and, and the cover of the book know, were very George similar Romero too you know exactly right? so, yeah exactly but um 
the mist was absolutely one of the stories especially the radio adaptation of it yeah absolutely is still my favorite radio adaptation of all time of any story i'm um, super glad you brought that up because that was another thing that was that super was, i got from the me. library and yeah, i was like exactly i used to fall asleep to like books on tape or and, books and on literally tape. on tape yeah and and they would come and do you remember them like a book yeah yeah, yeah. like You'd it would be it cassette after cassette after cassette, yeah, after cassette yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So many cassettes, man. Um, yeah. And that's the cool thing about Stephen King is you could find it, or you still can. You could find it anywhere. Yeah. You go to any thrift store, any secondhand store, you're gonna find a Stephen King book there. Yeah. So in any library, you're gonna find Stephen King shit. It's so it was so accessible, and once I got into it, I was like, oh man, I can literally get this anywhere. You know, but but in this interesting way, I mean, especially like, and I don't know if you remember this uh, when your kids like not really that accepted. Um, so I have an interesting story and it's something that happened to me in sixth grade that I still remember very clearly. And it's, um, so we were assigned a book report. I knew, I was like, I was like, oh, I think no. this is about a book yeah. report. I'm just I, glad the, it's not about a piety. Yeah. Company. So it, we were assigned a book report and I read Cujo. Nice. And, um, nice. I, I turned in my report on Cujo and I was told that that was not acceptable uh. because that's not real it's not a real book. Who was what? your fucking teacher? Harold yeah. Bloom? Yeah, I really wish I remember her Coons. name so that I... No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> if, you, if you ever want to read the, the uh, you know, most pretentious dick who ever critiques Stephen King is the famous, um, you know, uh, critic, Harold Bloom. Right. Who's the most pompous ass. And, and like so many other people, it's like listening to music reviews from, you know, or, or things like that from these people who are just so, like, I mean... Uh, yeah god my farts smell so amazing and like <laughs> it's such a fine vintage it is literally the definition <laughs> of that like uh-huh. harold bloom was the kind of guy who would just sit there and just tear down stephen king all the time and it was like this isn't real literary works and i'm sitting there going you're the same kind of guy who might give some credence to like an edgar Allan poe probably right. not a lovecraft but you know nathaniel hawthorne some of the institutes and then you'd say, like, Stephen King, and it's like, who's proven his diversity many, many times. Yeah, and mean, it's just one of those things, which, I mean, I think is not to veer off too much, but right. it is one of the things, like, that um, is the one of the hallmarks of his work is they go, people, you know, who are confused, like you brought up the monkey shines. It's like, people this day still don't know that. There's plenty of people who do not know you wrote Shawshank Redemption, The oh, Green sure. Mile, mm-hmm. sure. Stand By Me. Yep. Um, well, especially, I mean, it's a lot more known now just because of yeah. the internet oh, and a sure, million, sure. a million. These are the best Stephen King movies and yeah. Shawshank's always no, on there. the best Stephen King movies you didn't know oh, were written God. by, so, let's get into list. But like, I remember when I first yeah. saw Shawshank Redemption, you know, and I'm sure you guys were as well, being Stephen King fans who also knew shit about movies. Yep. Like, I was telling everybody, this is based on the Stephen King story. Like, what? Well, it's, it's like literally right there in the credits. You know, like, it's not like they're hiding it or anything like that. Um, they dumped Rita Hayworth, but then somehow fit her in. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah it was uh, of, uh, an unwieldy title. This kind of segues a little bit, but did you, uh, I couldn't get this thought out of my head while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very, um, shit, there goes my thought. It? No, no. <laughs> Um, Stand by Me. It was very, yeah. very, oh, very much. Stand by Me. Yes, like way more so than the original. It was the, the smartest the move movie. they could have done, and and it's really so important that um, I mean, that they really got that. Um, that that was, and that surprised me. 
um, you know, but it was it wasn't just Stand by Me; it was Goonies. Yes, you know, um, we had a my wife and I had a whole conversation afterwards, and I'm like, it's a a common theme in Stephen King movies that when there's kids involved, mm-hmm. the parents are always like a very distant secondary background thing. Like, almost like these kids don't even have parents at all. Yeah. And if they do, they only exist to be the bane of their existence. Sure. And I think it speaks volumes to probably how Stephen King grew up. And I would, I, I mean, I don't know a lot about his background, but I would dare say, I don't know where he grew up at. Do you? But I do. I, knew, I actually know a I lot about his background. He had very, a very, very good family life, actually. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised that wherever he grew up was very, very strikingly similar to Danny. Right. Yeah. And him, you know, you get that thought as you're a kid, this town's just no good. And there's something well, fundamentally wrong. There with was it, also you know? a lot of Stephen King's life and stuff is, is reflected. I mean, you know, that's why um so many of them. I mean, I've always complimented Stephen King. I remember on one Smith post about it was is that one thing I always thankful for is, is that my father is the same age. My mother uh, only a year younger. It's like it gives me an insight into what my parents' life probably was like as children. Wow. Because they both grew up in small towns. And I'm very thankful for that. Especially, you know, they didn't have probably the same exact interest. But I do think one of the big parts about the 19, the post-World War II era that people is, you know, it's very much the Pleasantville suburbia, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of idyllic dream yeah. scape. But everyone acknowledges, I mean, that has, you know, at least some sense that there was a consistently dark undercurrent and a big part of it was that the world was expanding. We had more world problems, more and more and more, but we were also like learning about things like um, the uh, very famous case of Ed Gein. A lot of how Gein, I mean, he was already, you know, obviously his home life and his, his, um, you know, uh, his, uh, what do you call it? Oedipus complex and a bunch of other things. Yeah. His other things, (laughs) Um, which obviously inspired. Um, As we're looking at this yeah, Leatherface T-shirt right yeah. here. Um, but one of the big things that he said was is that you know he was fascinated equally by National Geographic, Adventure magazines, things that you wouldn't consider uh, particularly um, unwholesome. Yeah. But he tempered it with also, I mean, obviously a lot of the kind of the pulp fiction, and that he looked. He was very fascinated by Nazi atrocities, right? And that obviously at had a huge, people. yeah, which obviously yeah, led into yeah. at people. And I think Stephen King was willing to admit that only he had an interest in it, but that he was that he found, um, you know, the people. And I, I've said this on the podcast. I've said this a million times. To people, I find the people who are the most sunshiny, like ah, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. are probably the ones I'm like, yeah, uh, who's in your basement? Um, <laughs> and Stephen sure. King always, I think, knew that, like speaking to it and. There was just a lot of things like I always think of um in this one um both in the book the the miniseries and in the thing was is um you know Bill's parents with the death of Georgie yeah. it's kind of like um in uh uh Gordy Lachance in in very Stand much, by Me very much. that his brother passes away too you know he has a common theme of that but it's that you know you become it's like um. Uh, you know, it should have been you, and and the grief and the the pain of dealing with that, knowing that yeah. you are not the preferred child. Which I I do believe Stephen King, though, despite his, you know, he probably felt a lot of kids feel that way, a lot of people feel that way, and that's part of the greatness of Stephen King novels is there's a lot of universe out, you know, universal nature in it. Sure, that um, it, it especially if you grew up in any kind of small town, like or oh, had yeah. any kind of um similar childhood, which obviously a lot of people do you wouldn't right. be that big of a 
you know yeah it's it's bestseller his, his way and i mean it just is something i mean we, we you know lots of people fully understand this i mean you know if you read Stephen king you know that the reason that his stuff is so effective is because of his characters it's because yeah. they feel oh, yeah. real and it doesn't matter whether it's You're some, in their head yeah you know? you know um have you guys uh read the stand the uh the complete and uncut the stand mm-hmm. um which i think actually this one might even be in the non-uncut version but there's the no great loss chapter I have not, not it, it's one I, I really be struggling to remember. Right. So, and it's a really short I've started chapter. it many times. It's something like. The, <laughs> I've read it, but it, I mean, we're talking like 10, 15 years right. minimum. Right. Sure. 20. I reread it when the um, miniseries. Right. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah, 20 years sure. ago, 21. So there's, and I think this, I've only read the uncut, so I don't know whether this is in the non-uncut, but it's like a three-page chapter, and it's while it's kind of doing all the vignettes of what's happening as Captain Trips is kind of destroying the you know the world and killing uh-huh. everybody, but it's this woman and she's just talking about her life and she's like you know you know she's like oh my husband left me and then it's like in italics it's like no great loss you know and uh, you know it's like I lost my money and everything you know but but whatever no great loss and it's just like this woman's kind of like giving up on so much things in life uh-huh. um, and she just has this attitude of eh, whatever and then it like talks about how she's dying alone of Captain Trips and she's you know coughing and she's dying and it's like no whatever no great loss no one will miss me you know and it's like there's this three and it's stuck with me this three page chapter in the way that he humanizes all these people and that's the big that's always the thing you say about Stephen King right is he'll he'll spend three chapters getting you to fully understand and really identify with this character just to brutally murder them and you really feel that um and I guess to bring it right back to it, that that's that's where I think they just nailed it, and and it's the reason that Stand by Me works is because it's the people, it's that interaction of the people. They feel real. You care about them, and you. I mean, personally, I'm not watching it for the scary clown. I'm not like I mean, I don't read Stephen King books for the monsters. Mm-hmm. The monsters are incidental. I read them for the characters and the fact that it's these characters you care about that are affected by these outside forces. And that's actually one of the only one of my only major complaints to the new it film was is that I is is that I just the I don't think the miniseries got it better, but nothing got as good as the book. No one the biggest monster in it is Henry Bowers. Oh yeah. And they really um they just I, there's just not enough time. Yeah. But his his backstory and his life life and stuff that I really, I mean, they they kind of handed out. They it touched enough, on it, and it was enough to just, give you an idea. It was enough I to think. give you an idea, but it's just one of those ones. And again, it's never to get too stuck in yeah. the mud of like, well, I wish it was the book, or that you can read my review where I obviously did. But it's kind of like I just feel like I really did enjoy the movie a lot. Yeah, I um, you know, and and the king, and that's a, you know, not to just jump into another thing as we're kind of jumping around and. By the way, the listeners, uh, Victor is very, very tired. Um, so if you haven't heard him constantly, he's actually um, he's floating. Yeah. He's floating. <laughs> he he's is. floating. But above speaking, us, he's nodding the, in approval. Speaking to that, though, I think that we all relate to that because who hasn't had that one kid that just made your life a living hell? Oh yeah, yeah. When you oh, were yeah. a kid, and you were convinced the only reason he existed was to fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. And, then you and then you realize, of course, that. Because he existed only because someone was fucking with him. Exactly, and, that, and that's and that's you know the great like life lessons of people. But I watch stuff like that, man, and it's so prevalent. And I because I went through that so much because I was a little fat kid. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, you and me both. Right? Um, I still in movies. Where I was st- the poor kid too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Ah, where stuff like that's, that's happening in along. movies, 
I get really emotionally involved in it. Right. So I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it stirs up old feelings and yeah. like that anger and that frustration and I'm like, just kill him, just kill him. You yeah. know what I mean? I was so. Eddie, so <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I was right? a small kid, but I not because I had a hopefully, mother like yeah, that. Hopefully not your mother. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, my mother was a saint. It was that. In fact, I was a daredevil kid. I was Zebos. I was a yeah, a Kirby Knievel, <laughs> like out of everything. Like I drove my mother up the wall with all the crazy shit I did. But I was the small kid. I was very small and very thin and. Um, also kind of like a, a, a Gordy Lachance or like yeah. some of the other kids. I was definitely considered crazy by some, so the Teddy Duchamp as well. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's you know, I, yeah, there is a relatability and stuff. And I think um, that's one of the hardest things. Like you were talking about the investment, all those chapters and stuff. Whether they die, I mean, obviously it can have a huge impact, but I, as it does with all great fiction and beloved characters. But I do think that that is what makes Stephen King adaptations so difficult mm-hmm. is because there's the mini series I think have worked because there's such an investment and obviously in the new film they're taking the you know obviously the right route with trying to divvy it up yeah. um which is you know I I do you know people don't like the adult and I think the adult in the book is the adult stories are quite good you know it's um people go well you know and I go. <laughs> You know, you need to give it a chance. So I'm hoping the film is going to translate. I don't think the miniseries is bad. Uh, here we're speaking solely on Seriously, it. Seriously. But yeah. I do think that it is one of those things where, um, you know, they really have the chance to deliver. Because in, you know, they really only, of course, because of the limitations both of time and censorship in the television series. Sure. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal, especially I think of Bev. Um, uh-huh. well, was one oh, of the ones, yeah. and Eddie Eddie's story is really mad. They're all messed up, yeah. And, absolutely. He, and and that's what makes it so good. It's so relatable. It was funny as the miniseries because we went back and watched the miniseries mm-hmm. again. Because I had not, I literally had not seen it since the first time it aired on TV. And I remember, and you got to remember, I was probably fifteen first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was like, and I never watched it again because I'm like, ah, oh, it was it was good in parts, but it was kind of boring. Right. But I went back and watched it, and I, I like two or three times. I'm like, man, this is not boring. Like no, I remember it. it's, it's actually a very really, well done movie. Tommy really Wallace, good. man. Tommy Wallace. And I remembered Gilbert. it being longer. Like we rented it on uh, Amazon. Yeah. No commercials are amazing. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, I told Kieran, I'm like, we can watch this over two nights, probably. You know, because I'm, uh-huh. I thought it was like a three day running no. thing, no. and then I'm like. This movie is only three hours and seven minutes long. We can watch this all tonight. The DVD is you know. cut, though. There is a part at the beginning of the adults in the um, when they're at the hotel when they're meeting in uh-huh. Derry that was cut. It's uh-huh. in the, the VHS versions, as I recall. Uh-huh. Luckily, it's I do not, have the VHS. It's not in the That's DVD. Yeah, I amazingly came across one of the ones, I, one of my best VHS finds. I don't know how rare it is or what, but I actually found a VHS copy of it with the original book art. Oh, nice! Hardcover art with the claw coming wow. out of the sewer. Wow, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, so I was very excited. So, what that. did they cut? Oh no, it's it's nothing major. Just like it's just like an inc- oh, more okay. incidental than anything. But it's gotcha. you know it is one of those ones where I mean it really does. They put it on blue. I I haven't watched it on blue yet to mm-hmm. see if they added that scene back in. But I do remember it being yeah. like, where'd that scene go? But um, I picked it up at Zia Records uh, yes. on yes. DVD. On DVD, yeah. Also available on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. At Zia Records. It was actually really right. cool because I was like, because we, um, I don't know, like Alex hadn't seen it, and um, and so we we're like, well, let's go, let's go pick it up. So like, um, I went to Zia and I, uh, I, I had it was it was six dollars, 
And then I used a 20% off coupon, which I had uh, from doing a little survey. And then I um, had enough points because it was only like five points uh, to get it for 50% for 50% off. So I got it for like $2. Oh, geez, that's awesome. Brand new. Yeah. You know what's cool is I didn't realize um, Bev is a little girl in the miniseries uh-huh. is uh, Bridget from, from Ginger, Ginger Snaps. Snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Emily Perkins. Yeah, and yeah. I really, because I kept looking, I'm like, damn, that looks like her. I'm like, there's no way she's, she would be, she'd have been too old by the time Ginger Snaps came out and then I MDB'd it and I'm like, oh my God, it is her. That was really cool. Yeah, man. she was, um, yeah, is eternally youthful. Right. Uh, to say the least. But, and that was another one I really do think, um, some people I like more in the miniseries. Some people I like more in the new movie. Yeah, it varies. It's like a I mixed did like bag. that they in the new movie they they split it up and they weren't doing the flashback thing from the miniseries. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I think it's because, so much more effective for people that aren't familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, and I think they they're gonna they got a lot more material because yeah. like in the miniseries they didn't cover anything at all about really that he was coming out of that well yeah. and that well was had always been there and that's where it was coming from in exactly. the beginning and. All um, the stuff they kind of did. I'm rereading um, the book right now. Well, uh, to be more honest, I'm listening to it. Nice. You know, um, the Audible as but, is as his life. Yeah, now. <laughs> read by Stephen Weber, um, who he's you know he's good. I mean, he's you know he was in that Shining TV thing, so he's got a good like you know Stephen King thing understanding of the material um, and a really good performance. But uh, so you know, I'm listening to that now, and I had not read that book since I was a little kid, wow. and I'm actually surprised at how many of the things that are in the movie that I thought were actually creations for the movie are actually from the book, such as the leper. Um, oh, you the know. leper was oh, my yeah. most number one most wanted thing. I mean, it's that the death of Patrick Hockstetter and the death of Dor- Eddie Co- Cochran, Cochran, uh-huh. and his brother Dorsey are my top three. But none of Patrick Hockstetter is in the movie, the new movie. Unfortunately, it is not his death as in the book. Yeah. But there's way too much to put in the book. Um, Dorsey and Eddie are just too incidental to make it work. It's just mm-hmm. one of those again, like I said when I read Carrie, understanding like the newspapers and like how King cobbled things together like in a very um historical manner right. to help tell his story. Um but it um yeah, they did have the leper, it was not as perfect as it was in the book, but it was still amazing. Mm-hmm. They definitely modernized it. But it's one of those ones where it, it I um to kind of keep it going in with the cinematic thing, is King is one of the few authors who has had killer TV adaptations. Oh, yeah. There's been some failures, oh, yeah. but man, the one I really come back to over the last five or seven years is God, Salem Blot Perfect. So yes. it's funny. I got I just interject really yeah. quickly. So no, please. I um, had never seen Salem's Lot. Oh. Um, and during our Toby Hooper episode, I kind of like kept like mum during that because I'm like, I don't want to say I haven't seen Sam's Lot, yeah. but I hadn't seen it. And I picked it up um, at a, a pretty good sale recently on VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it on Saturday night for the uh-huh. first time. Um, and holy shit, it's yeah, really it's good. awesome. It's amazing. Like, it's super good. Yes. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know why I'm surprised by that because it's, I mean, it's, and it's so funny because it's like it, you can see all the breaks where they broke for commercials. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, so totally. Great. But I'm, I am so surprised at how hardcore that is. I mean, oh, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, it's way scarier than it. I told you, man, the kid at the window, and he's oh, like, dude, dude it's and it's terrifying. not just that, but it's like. So you, you've got the part where you've got the kid and he's in with his two parents and a priest and then Barlow comes in and just murders his oh, two parents yeah. in front of him, you know, and I'm like, that is so messed up. Like, if I would have seen that shit as a kid, I'd have been <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up over that because it's like, there goes your sense because you think I'm there with my parents yeah, no and I'm safety. there with a the priest. There's no sense of this safety. This is a safe zone. Yeah. 
And no, there is no <laughs> safe zone. You know, like they're just going to get killed right in front of you. There's no safety here. And the cop just packs up and leaves town. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> but, it's, but it's very real. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing he does very well. But I mean, I've really come back to him. Toby Hooper just killed it. And Fred I Willard. Love, I, get Fred yeah. Willard. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd love to say our friend uh, Josh and our big fans. I know Victor and um, jo- uh, Jasper as well, but. Larry Cohen on the return to Sam's Lot, not so much, but I do love him. Never um, seen it. The, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. It's, it's, but yeah. it's one of those things. It was just a perfect storm for that film. Uh, the cast is so great. Yeah. But, um, and they just, they really. Um, I mean, James Mason. Yeah. They you extended know? it. I was like, James Mason is and, in this? That dude's a legend. And it's it's pretty amazing if you've ever read Reggie Nalder's backstory, but um, he was horribly burned. Uh-huh. Um, who played Barlow and oh, wow. um, he had a hard time getting roles and so for him to don the makeup and stuff like that was a lot easier because he was very obviously conscious I mean there wasn't a lot they could do at the yeah. time to help him but he was badly burned and Jaria's story is incredible so and, and there's many I've discovered like I said along the way between adaptations through like Tales from the Dark Side um, you know obviously the discovering films down the line like I had I had never seen another great I'm sorry one of my other earliest, I'd actually say probably earlier in it, it's funny because I think about it now, was actually the comic adaptation of Creepshow wow, by Bernie, Bernie Wrightson. Oh, rest in peace. Was, yeah. Rest Hell in yeah, peace. yeah. was actually the first one I think I ever read because I was like, oh, horror comics. This is going to be cool. Man, I wish yeah. I still had that. They actually re-released yeah, it. It's they, available yeah, at like Barnes I had that when I was a stuff. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, in fact, I might even have it as yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I was gonna say the only reason I said Barnes and Noble is because I think they had an exclusive on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I cool. don't, I don't know that definitively. But I do have the original. The art in that was it. just incredible. I have the coolest thing, by the way. So, um, it is, uh, it's a comic book called Heroes for Hope. Okay, and it's like this, um, it's this charity. It was I, I can't remember what the charity was, but it was like a, it was an X Men. It was called X-Men Heroes for Hope, uh-huh. and it was a comic book that a bunch of different writers and artists contributed to, and it's a thing where basically it's a big comic book, but every three pages is done by a different writer and artist. Oh, that's cool. And um, it was all for charity, like all the proceeds went to charities, like mid-80s, but there are three pages in there. It was that is, UNICEF that is, um, Yeah, it was a UNICEF. <laughs> it was probably so UNICEF, UNICEF, yeah, yeah right. that was So the there was. are three pages that's an X-Men story that is written by Stephen King and drawn what? by Bernie Wrightson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now I'll, I want to I'll, check this I'll, out. I'll, oh, I'll, bring it in. I'll bring it so you can look at it. It's freaking awesome. Oh, like yeah. I'm like, dude, this is I, this is Stephen King writing wow. X-Men with Bernie Wrightson doing the art? Holy smokes. Um, so, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Creepshow. That was another one. So I actually saw Creepshow 2 before I saw Creepshow 1. Uh-huh. Um, which uh, the best segment and my favorite segment of that clearly is the, the raft, raft. Yeah. which is the only one that's actually based on the Stephen King story, um, which is just hilarious, right? It totally just makes sense, um, you know. But uh, but so oh god, the raft is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. That movie. I mean, talk about being scarred as a child. You know, the part where she just has she wakes up and she lifts up her face and it's all covered in the the the, the whatever stuff. Um, oh man. So something I wanted to ask just that's kind of like um, an interesting thing is some, you know, so here's the deal. Obviously, we're going to get a shit ton more Stephen King adaptations, right? Yep. I mean, with the success of it, um, that's the I big... was totally going to go where you're about to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. So, yeah. So what, what are some ones that you would either like to see adapted that have never been adapted or that have been adapted you like to see adapted again, perhaps better, um, you know, than what they were done before? 
I, I think it's hard. I mean, I, the only thing I want to say here, just as a quick preface, is that I do think there are ones where um, I visualize it much easier as a, a television. Yes. Because either it was a short story or yeah. it and could I think be that's an a, anthology. That, that's appropriate, um, too, because that's going to happen, too. Yeah, and then I would say the um, the other ones, and then also that I think would be film. I, I mean, I've always said, I mean, I, I can list a million, but I want to hear you guys' opinion, but my number one will always be Rage. It will uh, never be made. Yeah. Um, it is not it is a horrific story, but not a horror story, but mm-hmm. it's a very powerful and empowering story. I think it's probably one, the realest story you ever wrote. Right. Um, as Richard Bachman in the Bachman books, um, uh, which a lot of them have been adapted, uh, most famously The Running Man. Um, but I really, really, um, uh, it, it's for those who don't know what Rage is, it is basically the story of a kid who goes in and um, shoots his teacher and takes his class hostage and basically makes them uh, kind of understand who they really are, what they really are, and, right. uh, and where the playing field is in life. Um, it, it's difficult to explain, but it is, if you like um, at pupil mm-hmm. um on one that really of course another one that should be remade as well although i do enjoy it really uh, yeah i do oh, I, w- I, I think that movie's perfect I, I would like to see it again too it's one i'd like to see a different take on it mm-hmm. i love the performances in it um especially the late brad renfro and of course the great ian mcclellan yeah but i do think wait it- wait no, i think ian mcclellan's still alive right yeah, he is. Yes. I said the okay. late Brad okay. Renfro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, he's still alive. Okay, he's good. still kicking. Um, yeah, no, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be around. Right, I, right. Like, what did Harry Dean Stanton just pass away? Yeah. I didn't realize he was yeah, 91, that was crazy. 92, yeah, something 91. like that. I mean, yeah. he was like Christopher Lee territory. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That's a hell of a But yeah, unfortunately, though, either one of those movies, I think in, in a post-Columbine world, you're never going to get Yeah, exactly. Um, same thing with that people. And that, that's, that's where I was saying. springboarding from was also that, yeah, to say it's it's just not possible. Um, I do think a lot of his more powerful dramatic works are ones that I don't think you'll see unless it, unless it has that Green Mile Shawshank sure. feel good spirit. Uh, not only do executives not really see dollar signs, of course, but they go, oh, "Well, we're not." You know, it, Stephen King can be has proved himself that he can be the heartstrings. I was going to um, say the Green Mile was, was insanely successful. Oh, it was, yeah. but that's what I mean because it is that perfect. Not only, of course, they have an amazing cast and was well done, but it also is something where I mean. Um, that was one series. That was one of the last ones I read when it was first out, and it came out in serial form. I you love only it. got I have a, all of them. You only got hundred yeah. pages at a time, and I've never wanted to read a book more. Possibly in his, I'm like, yeah. I want to read the next chapter so bad. Oh, they were so good in that. You know, that's uh, talking about the Green Mile is actually my biggest complaint about the Green mm-hmm. Mile. Um, is that I think that it was so underserved by being a film. Um, because so much of that story was the cliffhangers, um, yeah. and every single you know, because I mean, I'm, I assume you read it as it came out, like oh, I yeah, did, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and and it was like every and it was like every month, right? And then there was like one where it was like three months in between. Remember, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, when's the next one going to come out? But every single episode, every single you know, a book ended in a cliffhanger, and in the film, you see where those cliffhangers are, but then they just go on. You know, yeah. it's just like because it's a movie, it's it's just one scene after another. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's difficult. I mean, I you know, the, but those are the ones like I mean, that's always gonna be my number one. I think a lot of them, I I just wish, um, you know, obviously for like, um, you know, they tried again with the anthologies. They did nightmares and dreamscapes. 
I'm sure Four Past Midnight will be coming out eventually. You know what I mean? A lot of these ones, I can see anthologies both for I mean, a, a I cost I would like measure. to see another Langoliers, which, I mean, you know, that, that do you know who did that? The, the, the TV Langoliers? Oh, God, it's in the back. Tom Holland, dude. Was it? Oh, yes, yeah. it was. I was like, I and remember it's somebody who I know. I just know can't believe he, you know. That was going to be on my yeah. list yeah. of ones I like oh, to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they um, could really do that well. Well, also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's Gerald's game is coming out. Also, yeah, which yeah. I'm it, really next really... Friday on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I thought it was getting theatrical. Release. No, I mean it's uh, going to be playing at Fantastic Fest. Um, I was going to say I'm it comes really, out on Friday. really interested to see how that plays over. Me too. I to... really liked Hush, so it's the same guy that yeah. did Hush. So I'm interested. Um, but yeah, like seriously, that's a weird book to do. I, exactly. <laughs> but I'd also. Um, I would like to see maybe a two-part theatrical version like they're doing with It of The Stand. I think more than two parts, but I completely yeah. Or agree even with a trilogy you. would be good. Yeah, I think a trilogy. I thoroughly enjoyed the TV miniseries. I mean, we loved it. I mean, we even, when it came out on VHS, yes. we bought it and we watched it again. Right. We probably watched it two or three times, you know, in the past, what, 20 years or whatever. Oh, sure. Out. But, you know, and you think, well, you know, it's movies you watch, but that's a commitment. For yeah. the stand because it's long, but, but again, know. it's not as long as you think it it's is. It's not as long as I yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I always remember when I taped them off TV uh-huh. uh, was I'd always start watching like fifteen minutes time, like before school mm-hmm. or before I had something to do. Yeah, I would always watch like the stand or it. Um, I love the adaptations and stuff. Oh, I sure, remember. me too. It's so, so funny because things change when you get older. I remember uh-huh. Yeah. The chick that was in the movie, what's the movie one? Was it Gia, Gia, oh, Laura, Laura San Giacomo. Yes. Yeah. My God, when I first saw the movie, I thought she Nadine, was like the Nadine, hottest chick on the planet. Nadine. And now I think back and I'm like, yeah, she really was. She's okay. Yeah. She's okay. I Come don't on, know. man. There's when still... that flag ripping, <laughs> uh, the flag uh, shirt ripping scene, I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, then, yeah. And then I think that was what led me to watch Just Shoot Me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can do everything but with that bad, one little thing. And but I had really bad memories because I've had quite it? a few girls throw themselves off a building rather than want to be with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I um, wish I was kidding. But so, oh, because so, so get, so get how much I uh, was a nerd and slash loved Stephen King. So I recorded uh, all of the stand on TV, right? Yeah. Like you do, um, and like paused it when the commercials came on, like yeah, you do. Nice. Um, and then, old school, um, man. Yeah, exactly. And then, so I had my four VHSs perfectly done. And then what I did is I made a box set. Awesome. Um, so I created a box for the outside. I had all four VHSs. And then I had it where all four VHSs together spelled the stand oh, in the cool. same font as the actual stand font. And it, like, you had to have all four. That's a major, tell, like, mixed yeah, 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 like, right there. Please yeah. tell me you made it wood shop or something. No, that would it was, make it even better. It was like, all out of paper so you, and tape uh, and markers. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I thought, I'm like, and you paused like, between, pause between commercials, so you had that little jump where it tweeted a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, I mean, I was a ninja, because so I also, um, I did Because you could that, feel when the commercial was exactly. coming. You could time so, it like, out. So, I did that yes. with Batman the Animated Series. And I have, like, not anymore, because I don't have have much anymore but like literally had every single episode of batman the animated That's series cool. recorded on vhs and i just you know you get to there's a sixth sense where you're like okay this is it this you is can tell usually by the musical have a crescendo yeah, you're like, yeah. all commercials coming and now right, you're you know? like Begging, you're like kicking yourself for not having those commercials. I know you're like, that's exactly I could, what I was going to have the biggest YouTube channel ever. Right. No, no, I, like, I genuinely wish I still had the commercials so I. because I want to watch those commercials from 1992. Do you know which one I did? I found one of my tapes and one of the fir- the very first commercial when the tape booted up. 
was fucking Doug Jones's Mac Tonight. Wow. And oh, the McDonald's nice. commercial. Yeah. yeah. And uh, blew, Moon Man. Yeah. Yeah. Blew me yeah, away. Like that. Unfortunately, yeah. means something different now. Unfortunately. Yeah. Certain groups have co-opted the Moon. But man. the stand, <laughs> man. The the opening of that movie with the Blue Oyster Cult and them showing oh, dude, the so dev- devastation. It was like the most perfect opening to a movie i think just the way that oh was yeah and yeah all those cha- all those um, so well stations together. or um, those networks is why i meant to say networks really were able to mine the rights to like some of the yeah. best oh, yeah. songs for right? those ones yeah. i loved uh pretty much i mean all the casting in the stand i loved other than molly great. ringwald who i felt yeah. was a terrible franny <laughs> um like um but i i think everything gary else was sinise great. Was gary sinise really, killed really it as through redmond He's such a good uh, stew, man. Anyone who can remember Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah, yeah. now Corn I thought like he probably wasn't great either. I mean, Harold Lauder is supposed to be, you know, more of like a like a chunky kid. I think and he like, got you know. that he got that role because of the time period that yeah, it was. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. They want it recognizable. Because Harold Lauder is like he's like he's he's like that like you know I tip my fedora, milady. Yeah, he's that he's guy a total, now. Uh, yeah, yeah you know. white knight. Yeah, um, right. What's but what's your top one? Um, what do you want to see? I mean, you know, I don't know. I had one and then I think I lost. It. I mean, I would definitely the stand is a huge one. Um, the that actually would be a really good trilogy. Um, yeah. I will say my w- number one real quick that I always wanted was the mist, and yeah, Darabont yeah. fucking nailed right. it. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, Absolutely. sweet. Now I, I, my list list went down a lot. There's like a there's like a, a little one that I would like to see. Um, that it was actually I. I, I wrote a screenplay for it. I did an <laughs> adaptation. Um, nice. you know, and I mean, this was actually when I was a, in my late twenties. Um, so you like cash um, on that dollar deal. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyone um, who doesn't know, by the way, you can uh-huh. adapt any Stephen King story for the fee of $1. Uh-huh. Um, that's literally his deal really? he made years ago that you can adapt it. I mean, obviously like commercially mm-hmm. you get something else, Sure. but if you're doing it for like a film festival or something like there's a whole website that he, you know, is curated. That tells you the exact deal, but you can make any Stephen King adaptation right. for a dollar. Right. Um. But uh, it was uh, it was I know what you need. You know, story from Night Shift. Um. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like the the story is like, and it's really interesting because yeah, it's refresh like, me because I don't remember. This so very it's well. this guy, and it's very much that kind of guy who's the whole like the white knight type, right? The nice guy. Okay. The in quotes in sneer quotes, nice guy. Um, but it's this guy who meets a girl at college and she's like super pretty and, and, um, really smart and, um, popular and all this stuff in college. And she's got like this athlete boyfriend and he's like this, this like total nerdy guy, you know, mismatched socks and, you know, doesn't know how to dress and everything. And he shows up and she's studying and he's like, I know what you need, you know? And she's like, what, who are you? You know? And he's like, I know what you need, you know? And he's like, he's like, you want, you want a double dip ice cream cone right now, don't you? And she's like, it's weird, but that was the exact thing that she needed. And so he gives that. And so he basically is able to provide her with like all these things. And he's like, he says all the right things at all the right times. And then her or her boyfriend dies um, in a car accident. And um, then, you know, her her roommate is basically, you know, saying like, hey, this guy, you know, this this um, this uh, this is Edward guy that you're hanging out with is kind of a creep. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's my friend. 
and it comes to turns out that basically as in weird Stephen Kingness, by the end you find out that he's basically doing some kind of voodoo magic yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. essentially read her mind and find out exactly what she wants and um and of course like is the one that has the boyfriend killed and all that stuff and he's manipulating her the whole time but I think that there'd be such an interesting story that you could do about nice guy syndrome and, right. and about like kind of like these guys who you know pretend to you know it's like oh well I'm everything you want I'm everything you need the all that Devin kind of Farachi stuff yeah, yeah yeah sure yeah exactly you know but they're really you know they're they're you know and you can have the guy who's like yeah I'm a feminist da 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 well, but no, no he's really you not know, no actually you know? I'm just thinking of yeah like your typical uh, neckbeard fedora yeah neckbeard oh, right neckbeard no, that's the word we're looking for classic, yes, yes but it is classic that story like there always <laughs> is you know, it's a timeless idea, but I like that's very Twilight Zone. Yeah, you must yeah, have yeah. really outer limits. Yeah, style. yeah, for sure. Um, but the other one I was just going to throw in there, I um, is I think it would be a tremendous film is Eyes of the Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very it, like where you look at the um, you know, obviously um, Stephen King had a rough summer with the Dark Tower, yeah. and then came back less than a month later on top of everything. Yeah, which the Dark Tower we've talked about before should have been a series. That's it. Yes, it's, it's a cut and dried matter. But I think Eyes of the Dragon would make yeah. an amazing film. And I, I'll even go one further. I think it should be done by Del Toro. I think oh, he would, yeah. He, he would do an incredible yeah. Eyes of the he Dragon. Would be, he would be very, very good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then, um, you know. Yeah, because no one's really seen the sword and sorcery. Game. No, they haven't. They've never, he's, no one's ever done. I, I'm aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just such a good self-contained story. You know, that I think that you could totally do it. It's a good adventure. I think it'd make a really good movie. It wouldn't have to be a series of films or anything like that. You could just do it. Um, And it would be, you know, and I mean. No, so actually let Del Toro do it and don't let Pierre Jackson come back. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and what they could do, I mean, if they wait, they could wait a little bit, do Eyes of the Dragon. And then if it does really well, they could actually parlay that into some into trying the Dark Tower again, you know, because obviously there's connections there, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh and then I, I also wanted to kind of ask you guys, I mean, I, you know, because I know we're, we're kind of keeping it short, and I think we've had a really good action-packed episode so far, honestly. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, the what are some of your, you know, ones that Stephen King adaptations that are some of your favorites that you feel don't get a whole lot of love? Um, I'm going to agree with Kirby on this one and say Night, uh, Night Flyer. Mm. Oh yeah, I talk, we talked about that one. Uh, oh yeah, uh, underrated. And I, well, I was also going to say that uh, that's one that I would like to see redone, but I don't want to see it redone because I love the original so much, right. and I am afraid that uh, anybody that redid it wouldn't do it justice. Or yeah. you know, I think they would rely at this period. They would rely too much on CGI, and I think that would ruin it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, yeah and not put the um, the uh, character on the cover. And, exactly. Which is the, one of the greatest <laughs> reveals right. completely ruined. I know, oh, man. Totally. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Any other one? Totally. Um, no, because all the I, I, honestly, especially ones I haven't read the book too that I've seen the movie like uh, Stand by Me. I've never mm-hmm. read the book, but the movie is such a classic and I love it so much. But I could see them writing on the coattails of this it thing, like, oh right, man, right. it's a kid centered <laughs> story. Let's let's redo Stand by Me. And I think that well, what would, about like that Undersea would gems, uh, like still in me some kind of nerd rage. I think if they oh, I don't think they'd ever do. Re- it, it, I don't think they ever would. I think the close they, they we just got the closest they're going to do to remaking Stand by Me. In yeah, it. and um, I think they did. It was really, really well done. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but so like, what about like uh, Underseen Gems, like movies that you, or maybe some of your favorite Stephen King adaptations? 
not ones that necessarily need to be remade, but just ones that are good, like that exist now. That um, I know you said, you know, th- you know, you really like the Night Flyer, which is one I don't think gets a lot of yeah, play. You not know, at all. <laughs> I think yeah. there's been a lot of buzz that I've seen anyway on Facebook about uh, somebody was talking about wanting to redo Pet Cemetery. Yeah, well, I don't think they should. I listened to the um, the interview with Andy Muschietti, um, and he's always wanted to redo Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. Like apparently, like even when he was a kid, like I think he was 15 years old and he wrote a treatment for Pet Cemetery. Oh, wow. They're going to remake that movie. I just don't want to see Andy Muschietti do it. Um, just because I, I don't know, man, I really love that movie and it's yeah, got a screenplay by Stephen King, you know, right. like, and that's something that you don't see a ton of, um, you know, is, uh, is, you know, where he does the actual screenplay. I mean, you do get, yeah. I mean, it's actually, you know, kind of more often than you might think, but um, those are always great to me. There's something about when Stephen King actually does the screenplay that it feels like it feels more authentic. Yeah, you know? cut. I mean, a lot of people ask like about Judd's wife, about Missy. Um, obviously, yeah. it's very, very only hinted about the Wendigo and stuff like that. But I really think that honestly, Pet Cemetery nailed it. There, yeah. there really Great. is one of the like top ten films where I mean. It's a perfect adaptation of the book. Right. I think they got. I mean, and not just. I mean. You know, um, God bless Fred Gwynn. I mean, who is oh, who is uh, Judd? Yes, I mean, there is dude. no one who's gonna ever. You know, he, he can't be replaced. But even guys, I don't like, know if I've ever seen anybody that's more of an embodiment of a Stephen King wow. character than he is as Judd. You could tell Stephen King even wanted to almost be like a smarter Geordie Barrel kind of version <laughs> right, of him. Right. Like if he could have played a role, I think a part of him wish he could be that. Right, but um. I really think it's one that doesn't need to be done. I think there's a few of them. Obviously, like, Anthology Creep Show is perfect. It does not need to ever be redone. Because right. when you talk about, like, you there's some. Have to. You could just do Creep Show 3. Yeah, know? which there's the some real, that are. There, that there's some yeah. of the films are untouchable, like Misery. Right. You Misery would never, is untouchable. Would, oh, is be... there already a Creep Show 3? No. Yeah, there's a there, Creep Show. Wait, wait, there's, what? There's, there's, okay, there's a Creep Show 3 that was an unauthorized, is not Stephen King. It's okay. not even people. Oh, they basically oh, man, they it's got. Not. Then it's not Creepshow, yeah. but Creepshow three is Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. Okay, agreed oh, upon by okay. everybody involved that yeah. when they were going to do it was that Creepshow was too old by that point. Okay, and Tales from the Dark Side was still fresh in people's mind. This is the era of Tales from the Dark Side monsters. Yeah, Creepshow was eighty two, and and uh, the sequel was eighty seven, eighty eight, um, and so. No, 87, yeah. So they had really, they had hit the point where it was, the the, the tile wasn't there, so they did Tales of the Dark Side, which is an incredible anthology. It is one of the best um, and poor anthologies oh, yeah. that's great. ever. So um, they really, so yeah, that's really the end. Deborah but, yes, Harry goodness. Yes. And, <laughs> but it would be amazing to see an actual um, true creep show three. I would love to see. Um, I just don't think in this day and age um, it would really work. Um, yeah, I'd love to see um, uh, uh, Michael Doherty do do it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Wouldn't like that be tr- cool? Yeah, I mean, Sugar Treat. I mean, he's proven it. Um, but um, actually, they, now that you got me on for uh, past minute, I would love to see the Sun Dog. Yeah. I really think that one works. On That's the thing. Stephen King has such an enormous body of work that you really don't have to remake anything. It's true. There's so much you could delve into and pull out that would be new to audiences. And even new to people like me that I haven't read that, wow, maybe I want to go read it now. Although I am struggling to think of things that he's done. I double-checked a list just Mm -hmm. real quick. May help jog your guys' memories. 
So this is a, I've seen a couple of these lists, and they're really similar. They all list a lot of the same movies. So they list The Regulators. Uh-huh. Sure. Throttle. The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, oh. which was an amazing Ooh. story and, an and a great pop-up pop book. book. Yes, yeah, sir. I was just going to say. <laughs> I um, love that thing, eleven twenty two sixty three. Well, wait. I mean, is that is this before eleven twenty two sixty three was done? Because uh, that, yeah, that's got the the Hulu series, but it's fairly recent. Oh yes, I do yeah, forgot yeah. about it. Sorry, yeah, 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 this one I think is a little right. old, but the um, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Sorry, mm-hmm. that one I did yeah, forget yeah, about. Yeah. Obviously, people have asked about Doctor Sleep. Girl who loved Tom Gordon could be great. Um, that's a Joyland. Really good one. Um, the Long Walk hasn't been done. Um, out of the Bachman books. Um, and surprisingly, the Breathing Method has also mm-hmm. not been yeah. made out of different seasons. The only one that hasn't. Uh, also, listening. Um, Blockade Billy. Uh, as also showing a really different um, uh, um, novel where it's more just um, more of a straightforward. Right, right. And then Big Driver is the other one mm-hmm. listed. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure out when this was listed. But I've seen a lot of them and they're all really similar. You know what? I think there's so much of a clickbait listicle thing yeah. that I don't even think they remembered to update them. And oh, because yeah, I haven't yeah, watched yeah, that yeah. series yet, I kind of yeah. forget about it. It's good. It's 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 very well done. What about you, Victor? Yeah, Victor. Yeah. I don't really read a lot of stuff. No, 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 but uh, any adaptations that you'd like to see maybe redone? Um, uh, Cell was pretty bad. I'm sure that somebody could do a better job. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, just in terms of underseen gems um, that I'd like to kind of just throw in a little bit of love for. Um, is uh, Hearts in Atlantis, I think, is a tremendous, tremendous movie. Um, it's a great Stephen King adaptation. Um, and I, A, don't hear it talked about a lot, and B, when I do, it's from dumb shit lists like Nerdists, you know, who, <laughs> like, they listed the, like, the, the every Stephen King movie ranked, and it was embarrassing. Like, no. it was so stupid. And, I mean, they had, like, the dark half, like ranked behind the like the the Indian remake of like I can't remember like it or Carrie or something like that like and I'm like what are you even talking about wow. and then they said you know they called Hearts in Atlantis just a completely mediocre um you know thing and I'm like Hearts in Atlantis is beautiful it's it's from the same director that did like Snow Falling on Cedars like it's a really gorgeously shot film. Um, you know, it's got, um, you know, it's got Anthony Hopkins in it, um, you know, it's just absolutely, you know, just kills it. I mean, it's like, it's like the only, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins uh, in a Stephen King thing that we've ever seen, right? Um, it's got Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, as a little boy yeah. um, who's so, so good. Um, and I just love that movie. I think it's it's wonderful. I mean, I really like the anthology Hearts in Atlantis. Actually, I really like the story Hearts in Atlantis, which is actually because the, the movie Hearts in Atlantis is actually the story Low Man in Yellow Coats. And yeah. then there's a whole other story called Hearts in Atlantis that is really good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to shout out some love for Hearts in Atlantis. If you are looking for those Stephen King adaptations that perhaps maybe you haven't thought about or haven't thought about being a Stephen King adaptation, that's a really good one to seek out. It's one of my favorites, um, as well as Dolores Claiborne. Claiborne which I was just going to say yeah. is probably the other most underrated um Stephen King absolutely uh, film. I mean definitely uh Kathy Bates just she should have gotten another Academy Award well, and, and you know I mean Jennifer Jason Lee, Lee 
um, and David Strathern too. Yeah. You know, like I mean, just I mean, three fantastic actors Ooh, just for at such the top a of the limited game. cast yeah. uh, uh, for the film. I mean, it's basically a play. Oh um, yeah, it's another one. We, I know we've talked about that before, but I really, um, I truly think. I mean, Misery is one of the only four movies that's ever won an Academy Award. Right. And um, you think about that time period of uh, like Sons of Lambs winning, Misery winning. Yeah. And it's just so, you know, amazing that, and it's like, you know, but Stephen King was just, you know, he, it's one of those things where I do think, like I said, I go back to the joke about like Harold Bloom and stuff, but what it really is, is like, when you talk about authors, I mean, people go, do you read books? It's like, yeah, I think a lot of people (laughs) read books, you know what I mean? Like, do you read, like, no, do you really read? And I go, well, I think people like different stuff. Some people really like nonfiction. Some Mm -hmm. people like fiction. You know, you have your big, uh, wait, God, what, James Patterson sold, like, what, like, 10 billion novels? Right. You know, he's one of those people, like, you're always going to have these people. And James it's like, Patterson. those are the people that, like, Harold Bloom should be going after. It's very, right. um, uh, what do you call it, junk food. It's, yeah. uh, and I accept, Agreed. like, certain Dan books. Brown. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that shit, I mean, I, <laughs> now I can't say I've ever read James Patterson, but I've read Dan Brown. Yeah. And that's some real bad writing. Like, it's real, it real amateurish writing. And that's the thing that really ticks me off about people like Bloom, as you're describing. Is Stephen King's a very talented writer. writer. And you have to take your time and ingest it. Yeah. But, like, talking about Dan Brown, when when you blow through a book in two days, like a novel, and you know that, that it's it's a quality of writing. Yeah. Thing. Like, I didn't have to think about this at all. It was almost automatic. Well, if you don't want to go back and reread it, and there's never been a Stephen King where I haven't wanted to reread at least one chapter, yeah. if not the whole book. Now, I don't like everything he's done. I really do think in the 90s, I feel like he had a real um, drought with his play, which is funny because a lot of people, he talks, especially in interviews, about his alcoholism, um, where it impaired, like he doesn't even remember writing Cujo. And Tommy Knockers. Yeah, and the Tommy Knockers, yeah, he's like, he was way, yeah, blowed out of, uh, blow out of his mind with that. Yeah. But I really think that um, you know, he came up with some good ideas. I just don't know if the execution is there. But uh, you know, I feel like Stephen King is one of those people who, when you know, he always, I always remember in the Stephen King Companion, which was also one of my favorite books as a kid, mm-hmm. was he always says that you know, above where he writes, he has his fireplace. It is um, the the inscribed is it is the tale, not he who tells it. And Stephen King nice. is not an egotistical um, author. He's one of those people who really does love the craft of storytelling um i think that that is why it, it adapts so well to cinematically i think its limitations are he is so fantastical and so in-depth which is why he is not some hack writer um you know he is he writes with real thought and heart and i think that um you know he is going to be one of the people down the line that is going to be one of the most, i mean not only one of the most celebrated authors of the 20th century um, but it's one of those people is is truly a timeless oh yeah style that um, is it has already emboldened not only his own, uh, one of his own children to write uh, his own stories but I mean countless others I mean I have no doubt that in five hundred years people yeah. are still going to be reading oh Stephen hell King, yeah you know easily um, absolutely I mean if we're if the planet's still around if uh, anything's <laughs> still around yeah. in a hundred years um, yeah. I'm going to be blown away <laughs> yeah but yeah. um. Yeah, I really think that. I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, I think people think that, you know, Lovecraft and stuff, you know, he wasn't going to be around. Obviously, yeah. now Edgar Allan Poe is probably one of, I mean, truly the most celebrated authors. And, and he, not until after he was gone. Yeah, and all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely all of them. And I think Stephen King, 
he's appreciated now, but I think yeah, it's going to be and that funny, elevation. Kind of closing it off, I was thinking yeah. this was really this was a lot of fun. Yeah. It brought yeah, back yeah. a lot of good memories for me. Yeah, for sure. And I was thinking not to turn this into a literary podcast or anything, but I was thinking we could almost do this again sometime uh, with Clive Barker. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. it's very close as, and as far as movie adaptations and things like that. I, I mean, I haven't honestly read a lot of Clive Barker, uh, um, you know, but I mean, the, the I'm Clive basically, Barker I've read, I was going to say, I'm basically. The Damnation Game? I read uh, the, with my head, the Books of Blood. Yeah. And yeah. They're yeah. Just Which amazing, they are, yeah. you know, but, still adapting. But yeah, I read exactly. Rawhead Rex. Rawhead yeah, Rex. Yeah. Is, See, I, I, that's one yeah. I need to get to. I actually talked when I um, was at Son of Monster Palooza with um, Christian, who's, one of, who's Clive's assistant, and we were talking about different um, adaptations, and we were talking about. The best thing, if you ever want to read Rawhead Rex, read the Eclipse comics adaptation uh-huh. from oh, the late nice. 80s, early 90s. Right. All of those are great. The Hellraiser stories are great. But, um, oh my God, the way Rawhead Rex was meant to look is in that comic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is yes. I've actually got all the, uh, right I've got the Hellraiser series downloaded on my uh, tablet and just haven't gotten to it. Right yeah. I'm looking I remember to when I was a kid seeing the Hellbound Heart and, yes. like, you know, uh, you know, it had just, you know, now a major motion picture. Yeah. You know, and like, all those oh. covers were so yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The Damnation uh, game has a great yeah. one. In that the would flesh definitely be, scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Definitely kid. be a good one for another yeah, day. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. I think that was a good conversation. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, Stephen King is hugely important to me, and it's it's a beautiful thing now that we are in the you know the 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 King Renaissance. Right. Um, that is, you know, it's it's another Renaissance. He's had many um throughout the history, and then they fucked it up like so many times. And hopefully this time it does not, but I'm sure it eventually will. But <laughs> it's nice because going you know back to being having a teacher tell me that this isn't a real book. I can't believe um, that. I can. Yeah, you're in sixth grade and yeah. you did a book report right. on a book that was clearly years advanced exactly. beyond what you should have been reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was in junior high, and not only was King, but I actually remember reading Night of the Living Dead. Really? The oh, original wow. John yeah. Russo script right. um, that was adapted into a book, and I remember them going like, oh, you really need... And they made me read some stupid-ass book. Right, I'll, right. I can't remember what the hell it was, but it was very juvenile. Sure. And I was so upset. Like I was like, yes. It's about like a dog or something, and it right. wasn't like a good where the red firm grows. Yeah, it was, it was no old Dan and little Ann. Right. I mean, this is some bullshit, and <laughs> I I got so upset about having to read that. But like, I can right. really sympathize with yeah. that. That's a you great know, but way I, to put it. I think it. that it's 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 come around because I I I don't know. Maybe there are teachers out there who do that, but I believe the mainstream it was the acceptance and the respect for you know, and I think that's largely helped by people like Rob Reiner, um, by Frank Darabont. Um, the, there are people out there who've legitimized Stephen King yeah. in a way um, that that you know they respect what he does, and I think we can add Andy Machete to that list now. Um, that have respected the source material, um, have understood what makes Stephen King special, and I, I you know I think that things are better for it. I definitely think that as films uh, fans of not only Stephen King but of genre films. Um, and horror films in general, we all are um, should count ourselves lucky that that movie did gangbusters. Oh, totally. Um, because we're going to see a lot more, not just horror, but rated R horror. Yeah, and that's yes. huge because yes. PG thirteen horror, in my opinion, sucks. has been a glut. Yeah, um, and and it's such a bummer. And and it's it's like I think that now we're going to see a lot less PG thirteen horror. Nice. You know, I hope so. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. And you know, I mean, I think we're. 
we're lucky, you know, we are genuinely lucky to be living in the age of What a camp. great time to be alive. You know? Absolutely. And I, uh, Victor is still alive. Yes, yeah. he Mandela is. The Mandela effect is, is not uh, <laughs> present. Uh, wait, Our wait, dark wait, pope who? is still with us. <laughs> uh, so How you doing, Arthur, Victor? You doing oh, all right? Yeah, I'm good. Hey, wrap this but up. hey, so anyway, uh, we got a uh, monster market coming up, guys. Yes, we do. October seventh at the Moxie in Tempe. That's the reason that Victor is a zombie right now. Right, monster market it out. Come out and check it out. We we got a lot of vendors, local vendors. They're the stars of this event. And what have we got going on for October for Halloween season and cult classic? Uh, yeah. We have a nightmare on Elm Street three on October fourteenth. And, uh, Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 on October 28th. Nice. So those are going to be fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. And then uh, also at the end of October at Valley Bar. Oh, yeah. Cult following trivia. On yes. the 24th. Thanks, everybody who came out for us. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was awesome. If you guys were out there, thank you very much. Yeah, that was that was a really good time. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, we've discussed doing kind of like a horror movie Halloween based, theme. you know, Halloween theme since it's going to be the 24th. Um, you know, I think we should even probably like have like a prize for somebody who comes in costume, you know, have like a little mini costume Ooh, contest. Maybe. I think it'd be fun, right? That'd be right. You know, anyway, we're we'll some good I'm porn, trying to think of porn, a good, porn, trying porn. to do my uh, muster up a good Pennywise voice to do the, like, bring your friends. <laughs> right, right. Which which Pennywise? Is that what yeah. he sounds like? <laughs> it yeah, is. pretty much. Oh wow! Yeah. Hi, Georgie. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Georgie. I can't do. Um, it sounds like Tim a Curry. serial mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pennywise, the dancing clown. He's yeah. like, he's yeah, I, like that. I can't pop, pop, do voices. Pop, pop, pop. That's a uh, serial from Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's the best part of that movie by any stretch. Um, you know, but I think he's there, serviceable. There was um some good though uh, cosplay. Yeah. Son of Monster. Oh, Blizzard. I'm sure. And we, I saw I the, did, the, the, the lady Pennywise's. The best one, yeah. though, was the, um, I did love the, uh, it's from The Simpsons where Homer goes to the lesbian bar uh-huh. when he's trying to find a new bar. <laughs> uh-huh. And somebody used the scream cap to make a meme, and it was 2016. And, and they're it's all Harley, Harley Quinn's. <laughs> and then this year it's all it's Pennywise. All right. and, yes. I was like, funny, yep. and I was like, so funny. We'll see if it lasts till Comic Con. Right. We'll see what happens. Right. Yep. I was thinking of all the, uh, like the funny parody-ish type stuff for Stephen King, like on Family Guy and The Simpsons. Oh yeah. Um, particularly the Family Guy when Brian runs the guy over and he gets out. And he goes, "Oh my God, are you Stephen King?" He goes, "No, I'm Dean Koontz." And he gets in the car and he backs back over him and then runs over him again and keeps going. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's so good. And then the uh, the Pet Cemetery one where he he's goading him into doing it by telling him not to. I mean it. Don't go up that hill up there. That one just right over there, over the right. over the hill. Don't don't go over there. I, don't bury nothing because it's not going to come back. I mean it. Right. No, don't do it. Okay, I'll I'll even offer. I'll bring something from my own collection or something. We'll have a Judd Crandall contest too. Whoever <laughs> whoever can do the best Judd, right? I might be willing to reward a prize. And obviously, it wasn't me. There was uh, no. That was not not yeah. bad at all. It was not bad at all. You, you know, I uh, I try. I attempted Wait. to do a Morty oh, at the. Oh, uh, are we talking trivia. about a Judd Crandall impersonation? Yes. Sometimes dead is better. There you go. Sometimes <laughs> dead is better. <laughs> See, but, uh, all, all I've heard impression wise this whole last week is Victor doing Doctor Hibbert. It's <laughs> 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 awesome. Which is golden. Did you guys remember a sketch comedy show called The Edge? 
No. So this was a sketch comedy show that had Wayne Knight, um, you know Newman from Seinfeld. For oh. those that don't know, also uh, one Jennifer Aniston pre Friends. Um, so this was a, 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 a sketch comedy show, and they had a sketch where Wayne Knight played Stephen King. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and he was like, I'm and, and Stephen King. It, it was like literally him, <laughs> him sitting in front of a computer, right? Or and I think it was a typewriter actually, but um, so he'd sit there and then he'd just think of things like random things. So he'd like he's like the cat jumps up. He's oh, like wait. he's like wait, it's an evil cat. I it's, did see it, that. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, then the toaster went off. Right, and, and he's like, starts, oh, an evil toaster from <laughs> yeah, hell. Yeah. And he and starts yes, screaming. He's yes. like, ah, because it's like he's so I scared do remember by his that. own idea. For some reason, I thought that was a mad TV. <laughs> sketch. Yeah, no, it was the. Edge. Oh wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So. um and, and he got increasingly crazier as yeah, he yeah. went along. And then he was like, and then he wrote, uh, and then he was like, there's something in his boot. And he's like, there's something in my, my boot. boot. <laughs> it was like Stephen King's, there's something in my boot. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so. then Disney, to- Pixar totally ripped it off later with Woody. There's yeah, a yeah, snake yeah, yeah, in my yeah, boot. Yeah, totally, totally. Thanks for remembering Mad TV, Jasper. Right? Yeah. I'm hey, sure man. somewhere Ari Spears and uh, Horatio are, Sands, uh, man. Are, are, are very, somewhere very Ari Spears is eating something. I was going to say, that's my uh, doppelganger. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, that was fun. Yeah. Like, is that Ari Spears or Horatio Sands? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Put the three or of us Ar- together. Artie Lang yeah. breaking a fool off in your ass. Oh. <laughs> See, I actually do. Oh, it could be Artie Lang. Artie Lang still gets work. And F. That's Jackie. True. There's some old Howard Stern reference for you. F. Jackie. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. Bapa but long live, Bapa. Bapa long live Stephen King. Bapa Thank you, Stephen King. Happy Thank birthday. You. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Stephen King. You son of a bitch. Yeah. I am just fucking alive See, that Stephen King is still alive. Now Mr. Man's in there. He's big shit. Oh, <laughs> we know how to take care of that. <laughs> All right, folks. Until next time, this has been Cult Following. So uh, if you like what you see, you know, or hear, you know, synesthesia can make you see things that are Or see there. if you're uh, visualizing Josh's thermos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're picturing, trust me, it's not as glorious <laughs> totally as the reality. totally bringing in mind when doing it. <laughs> Feel free to tune in on our further adventures on iTunes at Cult Following. Until next time, check out Joshua Drew. Rat Rom! Kirby. Beep, beep, Richie. Jasperino. This clam chowder's been here for three days and it's still fresh. <laughs> All on the <laughs> other side. Stranger things have happened. I did see something.